All right, welcome everybody to Four Outdoorsman. Boy, Strewman's loud. A lady looked over here, huh? The Four Outdoorsman radio show is on on Bob FM, MyBobCountry.com, every Sunday at 6 o'clock. And all we do is laugh and learn about the outdoors. And I'll tell you what, Mark Lukey's to my right. I'm Steve Strusinski. Sam Oftedal's to my left. And all we're going to do is BS tonight. And we're at the State Fair for the eighth years. Eight years, Mark? Yeah, it's been eight. Eight years, can't believe it. How much fun is the state fair? Five for years here, I think. What do you mean five years here? We used to do around the corner and 105 the ticket. That's right, yeah, yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun. We have a good time. We're waiting for a, a special guest. His name is Nick Munt. Now I'll tell you what, Nick just showed up. Wave everybody's hi to it. Say hi to the crowd. Hey, I would have been here a long time ago, but I slipped on a like a deep fried Snickers bar <laughs> or something twisted my ankle, so I'm a little late. Sorry hey, about that. He uh, he mentioned deep fried Snickers bar, and we're gonna do a little we're gonna do a little trivia, State Fair trivia and DNR trivia, Minnesota trivia, later on. And one of the you just mentioned what you got one of the answers. You got one of the answers right already. Yeah. <laughs> I like to stay ahead of the ball game. Yeah, I tell you what, Nick Nick Munt is gonna be with us the entire hour. He's a uh, he's a big shot. He's with a television show called Bone Collector, and uh, it's probably one of the top rated outdoor hunting shows in the entire country. How many years has, has Bone Collector been on? Uh, we're filming our 15th season. This you is it you right get here. paid to hunt and fish. I do, man. Been really lucky. Been, been a blessing. Something I've been into since I was a kid. So, yeah, lucky to. That's lucky pretty to do cool. It. Um, I got to listen to this. When I was looking up your bio, we've talked a couple of times because Nick's been on the show a couple of times in the past. But I was looking up his bio and all of his stuff so I can make fun of him tonight. And uh, when I looked up Nick Munt, it showed up Munster. <laughs> yeah, I've so, heard that uh, one a few times. That's not quite you, yeah. Well, thanks for being here, man. Oh, now, yeah, absolutely. Where do you live? You hunt, you hunt all over the country. Right. Where is your show based so out of Our normally? show is based out of Georgia. I, I personally live in Lindstrom. Right. Minnesota. Right by my son, Mike. The guys, the guys uh, that I do the show with, T-Bone and Michael, they live in Georgia. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much where the, where the company is based, yeah. so... Yeah, it's kind of a southern. It's kind of a southern thing, you know. I bring a little bit different dynamic you know, to the I, deal. I tell you what, if you like the outdoors, at all like hunting, whatnot, these guys are not only successful at what they do. They wouldn't have been on television for so many years if they weren't good at what they do and making people feel good. But it's a lot of fun, and uh, these guys are a riot. They're they're quite a troop. Say something about your buddy. This is Sam Offedall. Welcome, Sam. Oh, Mike. Sam's mic isn't on, so I'll take over. We're going to work on that. Yeah, we got. My buddies give me crap. They say anytime a microphone comes out or a, or a camera light comes on, it pop out of nowhere. So I yeah. got you, Sam. Yeah. You look comfy, Sam, though. That's all that matters. <laughs> you you got to tell stories twice because Sam is twice as big as you are. Right. I'll translate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys could just share, just get cozy and share a mic for now. I think that's what you should do. You know, I was kind of wondering, too, most guys, you know, when you get, when you get on a microphone like this, Somehow your nose always kind of gets plugged up, and like Stormy Ward. Yeah. Every time you talk, your nose gets plugged. It's a radio voice. Oh, here's Brandon. He's going to fix us up. I don't know He's how, hustling. I don't know if, if many of you guys met a lot of big superstar outdoor hunting and activists, and one of our, my favorite guests on the show is a guy named Billy Moles, and he's been a, uh, an Alaskan guide for 23, 24 years. Good friend of ours. And I've had him on the show a number of times. I finally went to meet him. He's got, he lives in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. And you think of a guy who's an Alaskan guide, you think of Daniel Boone, 6'3", 6'4", 240. He's just a guy. He's like this guy, you know? Yeah. And uh, 
Has a whiskey in his Boda bag instead yeah. of water. Yes, he does. Uh, I, I think he might be a vodka guy, though. I think he does. But yeah, but Most yeah. Call him like the modern day mountain man. Yeah, he's called the modern, modern day mountain man. So well, let's talk about you since you're here and you spent all the time to come all the way from Lindstrom, Minnesota, for us. Why aren't you on? Why aren't you doing a show right now? I just got home. I was in Utah for the last week. Uh, went on a mule deer, archery mule deer hunt, and uh, shot a really nice buck there. Yeah, so I, I had a great trip. So I got one down, and, and uh, next one's in a couple weeks. Going to go do a little family vacation out to Montana here the last week in, in August, first week of September, and then I'll get right back after it. So you're going you're gonna to take a vacation with your family and, and do a show at the same time? No, we're not going to do a show. We're just vacationing. Good for you. How does that feel going out west but not hunting? It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and how many weddings, too? Yeah, two weddings back to back. So we'll get in, you know, we'll have a few parties and have some fun. It'll be, it'll be a good trip. The question that Sam just asked uh, Nick is, how does it feel to go out to Montana and not hunt? Reminding me of, of a guy who was one of the original four outdoorsmen. His name is Boomer, and uh, we haven't seen him in a couple of years. Things change and, and whatnot. But I t- brought him to our cabin in Chetek, Wisconsin one time with his family. And to take a ride around the six, chain of six lakes, have a cocktail, go out and have a bite to eat. And when he found out that I was not letting him put a, a fi- bring a fishing rod, he started sweating. He just couldn't picture being on water without fishing. Yep. And we just we had a good time, but he, just the same thing. Yeah, so you handed him a stick of dynamite instead. Yeah, that's, that's you guys about did it. well that night. I that's remember about that. It. That's about it. Mark, what's new with you? What's going on this week, huh, besides the State Fair? Well, I'm happy to be here. It's, like you said, it's our eighth year at the State Fair. I, I'm cutting down how many times I go to the State Fair, though. What's You know, it's like... I can only eat so many corn dogs, but I did bring my son Max, and uh, we, we went out the DNR uh, fire tower. We went on that. We went and checked out some of the fish. Tried to do the the outdoors tour, I guess you could say. Hello, boy. Yeah, no, l- love to be here. It's sweaty. It's hot. Sun's hitting us in the face. Mark mentioned about sometimes it's difficult. I've got a friend of mine. I just saw her and her husband, uh, uh, my buddy Gene Thompson and Gloria. I play softball with Gino. He's seventy six years old. And he's, a, he's better than I am, and I'm a good ball player. He still runs like a deer, <laughs> plays outfield. I love him, love him dearly. Gloria comes to the State Fair all 13 days. How many days is it? 13. 14. All 14 days. She comes every day. Yeah. Wow. Got, what yeah. can you do? How much is enough? And I, I worked How much minute. is she gaining weight? In no, no, no. Years. She's about. No, she's she's not she's not very big at all, to be honest with you. And today I worked the Minnesota Twins game. I worked part time for the Minnesota Twins, and I met a lady from England. And her family met her in England years ago, so she came from England to come to the Minnesota State Fair and go to a Twins baseball game. And anyway, she spent 13 hours yesterday here, and then came to the Twins game today. I tell you what, that's a trooper right there. I've got to say, I have been to a bunch of state fairs in different places because a lot of times in the, in, the, in the fall when I'm hunting, if there's, you know, mornings and evenings are typically hunting, you got the whole middle of the day. So I've been to a bunch of these state fairs, and this one right here is absolute chaos. It literally, I parked, and when we parked, I, I thought, oh, I got plenty of time. It took me 20 minutes to walk here. No kidding. Yeah. I got and the play by play on that. By this the way. is, uh, yeah, this is. You look down these streets, and I mean, it's, it's amazing. There's no place like it. I've been to the Texas State Fair. I've been to the Wisconsin State Fair. I've been to the Washington State Fair, the South Dakota State Fair. There's nothing that even compares to this. It's now, you say, is that a compliment or? No, it's a compliment. And, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just it's amazing how many people turn out. And everything, 
you could ever want is here. Whether you want to look at horse stuff or you want to see animals or you want to buy food or you want to go on rides. I mean, it's all here. It's I enjoy looking at women. There's a lot of those. All right. I'm in the right spot. Yeah. You know, what? who's that football player that the Vikings had last year that got traded, the receiver? And um, Diggs, his name is, right? Yeah. And he said he's been to all of them cities by far. I don't know who he plays for right now. Yeah. Hands down, he said the Minnesota State Fair is the place to be. Yeah, Scandinavian women, blonde-haired, blue eyes, right? Right? boy. There's one right there. <laughs> Scandinavian woman walking. <laughs> hey, you started it. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Stuart, so one of the favorite things that we always talk about, you grew up in St. Paul. You He's, grew up coming to this fair. Tell some, Grandpa, tell some stories about the good old days. Grandpa, tell us about the good old days. Uh, let's see, my, my cousin indeed. Billy and I, back then, honest to God, my, my cousin Billy and I, we were in grade school, and you wouldn't do that today. My mom would drop, we'd take a bus out here at the age of 12 or 13. My mom would give us maybe $3, maybe 3 bucks, and we would spend the entire day out here. My parents had nothing to worry about, and we, no phone calls, no nothing. We took the bus and got home at 8 o'clock at night. And I remember sneaking into all the games. We'd lose our money. One time, we're on that. Used to be a, th- a ride called the Bullet Ride. Remember the Bullet Ride? Yep. No. It would yeah. spin over like this, and you're like in a bullet-shaped thing. I was upside down with my three dollars, and like two dollars and eighty cents fell out of my pocket, and ended up on the street someplace. I spent the entire day with twenty cents, sneaking <laughs> into the little games to play. You know, yep. like the water gun thing. You see someone playing the water gun game, you sit down and try to kick the crap out of all of them. We had more fun with three or four or five dollars than you do today with $500. Yeah. What, uh, what was the name of your gang in high school? Oh, I was part. a baldy. Yeah, a baldy. yeah. When I was 13 years old, uh, there were, there were east side of St. Paul. Yeah, yeah there, were, there were baldies and greasers. And I was one of those guys that, you know, I should have worn a T-shirt that says, kick me, because four of us thought we were cool. The greasers had the beetle boots and tight right. jeans, yeah. and their hair slicked back. They were the greasers. Yeah. They're from the Rice Street guys. If, you, if they got you caught over in the right street, they would make you bite the curb. That was their deal. Wow. So anyway, my, my buddies and I thought we'd be cool, and we came to the state fair with short pants, knee highs, and Jimmy Purcell tennis shoes. Uh, we didn't get lucky that day. So but, that was uh, about the time when Theodore Roosevelt came over on the Mayflower, <laughs> right? <laughs> Famous speech. Hey, I'll tell, I'll tell The tallest one was five foot seven, too. I'll, I'll be you seven. Dunk from the free throw line. I'll be seventy-one, September sixteenth, and I'm proud of where I am in my life at seventy-one well, years old. You're good, brother. But I tell you, you what, good. honestly, God, my oldest memory and my grandkids freak out when I say this. We used to have a rag sheenie come by our alley every Wednesday. Guy had big beard. He had a horse-drawn carriage, and he hollered rags. And we all people had rags for him all the time. And he'd sell them to places who made, you know, blankets and sheets and those kind of things. Yep. And that was in 1955. Yep. And we would jump on the back of the rag sheenie's wagon, and he would try to whip us. I think he was kidding, but we were scared to death, you know. Yep. But we had rag sheenies go down our alley in 1955. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's well, it cool. tells you. It kind of tells you how times change. You know, these days. You call 911, and you don't even have to get anybody to answer. They just know where it's at, and they send a guy over to your house. When my dad was a kid, um, his mom cut herself with a knife, and so he gets on the phone and says, hey, I need you to get an, get an ambulance over here as soon as you can. And the lady says, okay, well, what's wrong? He said, well, my, my, wife, my mom cut herself. She's bleeding to death. And so they said, 
Well, what's your address? He says, I'm at 276 Eucalyptus. And the lady says, well, can you spell Eucalyptus? And he says, it's uh, E-U-K, U-K-E. And he says, oh, heck. He said, I'll just drag her over to Oak. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you made that up, right? Yeah, no, but it's based on a true story. (laughs) Roughly, roughly based. Boy, see, that's why this guy's a success, because... Whatever I said, he thought, this is perfect. Timing is everything, right? Timing is everything. Mickey the Wheel. I've been, I've been waiting to use that yeah. one, too. Well, let's my talk wife, about some of your... My wife's going to be so disappointed she missed she it. She missed it. She walked away, She too. went to get a slushie or something, I think. <laughs> Are we going to get to meet her? Oh, no, yeah. it's true. Yeah. cannot meet your wife. No, i got to meet your wife. <laughs> Dumb boy. No. All these guys are afraid that Super Stu is going to take their women. You'll, you'll no. know her, because she is the well, best-looking one in here, I promise She's you. right here? <laughs> Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> Sam, I, I'm glad that your family comes to these things because mine does not care at all. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that's, mine, mine just comes because she thinks I'm going to meet my next wife here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Mickey Mouse T-shirt. All right. Did you hear Dan Gladden? Oh, I can't tell you that. Well, you know the Dan Gladden story. I don't. All right. We'll tell you off the air. Uh, Not radio to, friendly. Back Good to, radio. Back to Bone Collector. How did you and Michael Waddell meet? So I was a guide in Wyoming at 7J Outfitters, which is in northeast Wyoming, kind of around the Devil's Tower area. And um, we had built a real good reputation for um, archery whitetails. It was kind of an unknown area at that time for hunting whitetails. And so the guys from Realtree, David Blanton, had heard about us, and they wanted to come and do a TV show. And so... Um, they came and did a TV show, and I guided David Blanton right off the bat. We just hit it off. He's just a great guy. And in the middle of the first day, um, you know, you got all that time in the middle of the day. So I said, hey, I want to just show you some of my footage because I always had a video camera with me. I mean, this is in the mid-'90s. And so I showed him um, a bunch of the footage that I would taken of the deer and the elk and, and filmed some of the clients and stuff that I would had and, and some of the kids. And so he really liked my footage, and he asked me to come to work there. And uh, so I, I asked uh, the people that own 7J Outfitters, Jeff and Deb Smith, you know, I said, hey, what do you think of me going to work for those guys? And they said, no, it'd be great. So they asked me to work for them for one more season. Well, that next spring during turkey season, Michael Waddell came, and uh, I ran video for him. And that was, was the first was time Was Michael Waddell met. bone collector at that time? No, no, uh, Realtree. Yeah. Right. And he was just a, a producer, camera guy for Realtree and got to hunt every once in a while. So they sent him out to to shoot his first Miriam's turkey, and so um, uh, I guided him and then filmed him at the same time, and we just hit it off right off the bat. I mean, it was like long-lost brothers, literally. We laughed the whole time. I mean, we just had a blast, and so we ended up working together for nine years at Realtree, and so, um, you know, about midway through that, we started a show called Road Trips, Realtree Road Trips, and Michael was the host of it, and his persona just grew. Yeah. Um, every weekend he was going to different trade shows because Bill Jordan, who owns Realtree, and David Blanton, you know, they had been doing trade shows for years, so they were sick of them. And so here you got Michael Waddell, this young kid that's charismatic, and, and the people just loved him. So they were sending him to shows every weekend all around the country, and so his persona just grew. The show was a huge success, and it kind of changed the way – we filmed outdoor TV. You know, back in the old days, you kind of did the hunt and maybe showed a meal or two. But what we did is we really showed um, kind of the behind the scenes, you know, having fun in camp, playing a game of wiffle ball, pulling pranks on people. And that was the meat and potatoes of the show. Yeah. You know, the, second, the, the secondary part was the hunt and the kill was the icing on the cake. But the personalities and everything we did in camp was really the highlight of the show. And so 
it really kind of changed everything. And so after doing that for a bunch of years, um, Michael's persona just grew so much that he had outgrown kind of his position, you know, just being on salary at Realtree. So he decided, he came to me one day and said, hey, let's, let's go out on our own. Let's start our own brand. We'll, ha we'll, we'll do our own TV show. And he actually got hired uh, by Gander Mountain to host their television show. So for two years, he did their, their show, which kind of gave him the money to get the production together and right. do this new show called Bone Collector. And that's, Good for you, man. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, that's kind of the, uh, the, quick, the quick version, but you know, whether, you, whether, whether you guys love the outdoors, love hunting and fishing and all that kind of stuff or not, look up Bone Collector. You can see it. You'll find it all over the place because the personalities is what makes us as well, I think. And, For sure. But, but these guys, Michael Waddell lives in Booger Bottom. Georgia. Yeah. Boogum, no, Booger. Booger. See that five times. Booger, Booger <laughs> Bottom, Booger Bottom, Georgia. Booger Bottom, Georgia. And he, when you talk to this guy, you seem like he's, you're his best friend for many, many years. He's just a natural guy. So when these guys get together, it's not only fun, watch these guys, but how they do their hunting and, and succeed in film is amazing. It's called Bone Collector. What do you want, buddy? we got to go to a break. Right Pretty now? Soon here. Pretty soon we're going to do some uh, live reads, go to a break, and we'll be right back with Nick Munt. So here's the first of our live reads, Sam. Everyone with a boat knows how hectic it can be at the boat ramp. With all the commotion, it is key to get your trailer in and out of the water as quickly and safely as possible. That is why we have partnered with Boat Load Mate. Boat Load Mate is automatic boat latch that allows you to quickly launch and load your boat without getting your feet wet. With Boat Load Mate, the process is effortless. Check out their website at BoatLoadMate.com or all their products are on Amazon. <laughs> Attention guys like me that are sick of being tired, overweight, and overwhelmed. I've been going to Everest Men's Health now for three months, and I'm down about 10 pounds. I've gained muscle, energy, and confidence. I was even featured as an underwear model. No joke. Go to your nearest Everest Men's Health Center. There are three. Tell them the four outdoorsmen sent you to get a $50 testosterone and body consultation test. Only $50. I'm really glad I did Everest Men's Health. Missed part of Bob Outdoors? No problem. Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to the four outdoorsmen anytime. We all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there, and you'd ice fish every day if you could. Sam here. I prefer sunshine, 70 degrees, sight fishing for panfish, or trolling for walleyes. And if you're like me, it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Wait a second, there's no opener on Devils. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot limit. Devils Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out devilslakemd.com. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional AC repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your AC goes out on a hot summer day. Don't sweat over a unit that's on the fritz. Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any AC system and can get your cool air flowing again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your AC goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it's too late. DazealHVAC.com. <laughs> Looking for the perfect northern Minnesota family summer vacation? Then you must check out Balsam Beach Resort and RV Camp just south of Bemidji. The fishing on Lake Plantagenet is great, but the emphasis here is family. The cabins are beautiful yet rustic. The grounds perfectly maintained. 
The beautiful pool is heated, and there are plenty of water toys to keep the kids smiling all day long. See for yourself why many guests return year after year after year. The four outdoorsmen included. Visit BalsamBeachResort.com. You know, you can't say Ely without thinking of Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota's best bait and camping store. And whether you love walleye, pike, panfish, or trout, Arrowhead has more variety of bait and tackle than any other store for many miles. And Chris and Steve, well, they're going to treat you like family. One of our listeners, Will Goble, says, Thanks to Chris and Steve for helping make our last three weeks the very best. Your tips on where to fish and what to use, well, they're the reasons we did so well. I love Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota. Tis the season of camping, boating, and fishing, and you don't want to be left out because your trailer's broken. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove can fix it and get you back to the outdoors. Crystal Welding offers a wide variety of services, including welding, maintenance, and repairs for all types of trailers. Crystal Welding is your one-stop shop for all of your trailer needs. Go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding, solutions, service, results. Crystal Welding gets the job Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? PowerLodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by PowerLodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. Hey everyone, Donnie Vincent, sales manager at John Hirsch's Cambridge Motors. We've been waiting a long time and finally they're here. The Buicks, that's what I'm talking about, silly. If you've been looking for those hard-to-find Buicks, Enclaves, Encores, Encore GX, or Envisions, check us out at CambridgeAutoGroup.com. Click on Buick and check out what we have. Because we do business with a handshake and a smile, and we put dreams in driveways. Know what I could really use? A vacation from inflated prices. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With the extra 20% off, I got my husband a shirt for under 8 bucks, myself some jeans for just $27.99, and both of us a pair of boots for less than $32. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash. More style and more savings? Check and check. Select styles. 20% off rents August 28th. Some exclusions apply. See store Kohl's account for details. They say to never mess with the classics, but Panera did just that and more with our new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. By using pan-seared chicken, our secret garlic aioli recipe, Parmesan crisps, and pickle chips, all on a buttery brioche roll. Because if no one messed with the classics, you'd never have a chicken sandwich this good. New Chef's Chicken Sandwiches from Panera. Only $1 delivery fee when you order on our app. Restrictions apply. For details, visit PaneraBread.com slash delivery info. Broadcasting from Bobtown at the Minnesota State Fair and the Barnhouse Exteriors Studios. Have storm damage? Need a new roof? Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com for a free, no-obligation consultation. Total Country Bob FM. Hey, the four outdoorsmen are back. Live at the Minnesota State Fair, everybody. Welcome, everybody. By the way... Before we, before we get to the next gig, i got to thank uh, uh, a young lady named Mallory. Some, uh, Mallory left me a little note and asked me if I'd call her after the show and buy her a drink. I promise you, Mallory, I will give you a call. All right? So um, just hang tight. Uh, don't, don't, don't go away. Hey, I'll tell you what. What we're going to do right now, 
Four outdoorsmen are here. We're going to do a little trivia question, and all the people here are involved. And anybody hey, did you see that, though? He's got a handful of cash. I do. Well, no wonder, i got no to buy Mallory. i got to buy Mallory is what i got to do. But anyway, um, anybody who guesses the trivia question gets a dollar. Mark picked out a whole bunch of these. And then uh, if you guys don't figure it out, well, we'll cheat. We'll ask these guys. They're, they're big shots. And if not, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read off the answer. We, we call Mark? this bit Winster's money. He's the cheapest guy I know, so this pains him. Yes. To hand out dollars. That's why he's giving out dollar bills. Does, if you yeah. don't purchase an item with this dollar bill, <laughs> the rest of us would be giving out twenties. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're in radio. It's now. Hey, a five thousand dollars. Remember the three dollars no. his mom gave him. This is it. He still has it. We're, we're giving away one dollar if you want to shout it out. How many years of corn does the corn roast food vendor go through each day? How many Ooh. years of corn? Got any guesses? How many ears of corn a day? You out there Brand, on the street. Brandon says 8,000. How many years of corn does the corn vendor go through each day? We have a 16,000 16, bet. 20,000. Getting warmer. 50,000. 100,000. <laughs> we were close around 20, so stay around there. It's a 20,000 and one. Well, no. Who wow. said 20000 Shouldn't that be the a winner? Right here. The kid eating the cheese curd taco. He's a winner, I hey, think. Is kid, it good? Kid, you want a dollar. Come and get it. Is that taco it's, good? It's 25. That's all I was hearing about new at the fair this year, the cheese curd tacos. Hey, is it good? 25,000 years of corn is the winner. He's the closest. He gets it. Hey, is that taco good? I'm wondering, look, with 25,000 corns a day, right? A day? Cobs of corn, yeah. Cobs of corn. Corns. They must raise it, which means it costs maybe a nickel or a dime a corn. Must cob. They must make a lot of money. But it's like 63 bucks a year, right? It must Something be. Like <laughs> Something like that, yeah. It's a lot. Let's stick Question on, number two. Let's stick on the same theme of food. Really? That's my favorite. How many cookies can Sweet Martha's jar produce in one day? How many cookies? One day. 850,000. 213000 I gave the thumbs up after $2 million, so it's over $2 million. I got, a, I got a bucket on Friday, and there was at least three dozen in it. So That's 36. Another guess? Anyone? $2.7 million, Mark. That's pretty close, Who but we're not 2. giving you money. Who said 7 I did. You don't win the money. No, 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 Can no, Can I no. pick someone to give it to? No. She right just there, $2.7 no. What's the answer? The real answer is three million cookies. There you go. A day? A day. Holy, are you serious? What was that, Brandon? Three million a day? 31,000 every 12 minutes. Three wow. million cookies a day. I think it is, I think the, it is the most popular thing here. Well, you get, you, multiple people, booths. You, you get half a million in one bucket, so, yeah. I mean, that's not that much. Question mm. number three. Question number three. What was the first... Minnesota State Fair, what year was it held? The first Minnesota State Fair. Sure, what year were you born? 1907, the gentleman said. Higher or lower? Lower. 1888. 1676. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you a hint. I don't know if this will help. It's one year after we uh, became Same a state. Same year Milt Reimer came over on the Mayflower. So 1904. 1859, we got a guess right there. Uh, what year <laughs> did it become a state? So what's one plus that? 1859. There you go. There's a winner, 1859, the first <laughs> Minnesota State Fair. Question number four. This is uh, fun. Let's see. 
Ask Nick this next one. Give Nick the first shot. What year did attendance top the $1 million mark for the first time? Well, Nick won't know that one. 1912. Thursday. No. <laughs> I stole his joke. Sorry. Guess a year. First year. 1948. That's, that's pretty close. 1947. Is he high or low? He's low. 1952. Who, who said 1957? Kirsten did. Mark Kirsten said 1957. I heard it. There, there you go. The winner is... 1954? 1955. Wow. First one wow. I think it's around $3 million now. This old guy won twice, I think, down there. If the my buddy with... T-Bone was here and he won that dollar, I'm sure he'd put it right into an IRA. <laughs> He's got a broken wrist, so he can't work and earn and make money anyway. So Since uh, we are an outdoor show on Bob Total Country every 6 o'clock every Sunday night, this is going to be a fish question. How long in inches is the Minnesota record walleye? 37. 32 is the closest, but not it yet. No, he said 33 and a half. We got, a, we got one there. I'll tell you what. It's Any other guesses? 37. You, I say 42. You, 36. 42. No, you got to go higher than 33. 35. Right? 34. 35 over I here. I think it's 42, but I've been thinking that's six inches. 35 and three quarters. <laughs> she got it over here. Hand her the dollar. Nice work. So 33. What, what was it? What was it? Oh, we got one right here. It was 35 and three quarters inches. 52. Wrong. Sorry. It was a good effort, though. You ran out. <laughs> yeah, when she fishes, it's, it's a 35, 40-inch walleye. Right. No, it was 33 inches and something. 35. 35 inches? Yep. And that was 17-pound uh, something on the Saganaga River north of, uh, oh. north of Ely someplace. 17 pounds, that's the state record? 17 pounds, wow, 17 pounds. Slabber. For the record, Stu, where was the state record perch caught? The state record perch was caught I know. on, go ahead, Sam. Lake Plantagenet. And who do we know on Lake Plantagenet? Uh, Clinton Patty. Clinton Patty at Balsam Beach Resort, Balsam a great Beach sponsor Resort. of ours. If you want to catch a world record, go see them. No kidding, huh? Or a state record. Hey, Minnesota is the, the, the state with 10,000 lakes, right? 10,000 lakes. How many fishable lakes are there really in the state of Minnesota? We have, obviously, more than 10,000 lakes. I don't know what makes it a fishable lake. This is from the DNR. Is fishing it. We got a guess no, of no, 14,200. No. Literally, how, no, how many, this is how many lakes does Minnesota really have? It's more than 10,000. 14? Guess 14 Close over here. enough. 15,000 lakes in the state of Minnesota. So it, we're pretty blessed, man. This is a good place to be. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a good it place really to is. be, yeah. All right, let's get back to now, our no, guest no. room. If you like leeches and humidity, it's a place what? to be. Yeah. I'm telling you. Speaking uh, of leeches. One more question because Nick already mentioned this early in the show. If you guys were here and you're listening, you got this one already. Which Minnesota State Fair food contains the most calories? Cheese curds. Poutine's a good guess. Cheese curds is a good guess. Not it, though. Nick knows the Think answer. obscene. Deer like, steak. No, you just said it earlier. The first. Cheese curds. That's no, what I said. No, no, you said, you, what did you just oh, have? The, the fried Snickers. Yes. That I slipped on on the, the way over here. Deep fried Snickers, <laughs> candy <laughs> bars. Here's your talent yeah. for showing yeah, up. By the way, I'm going to send you the bill More for my calories. knee injury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's covered under, covered under workman's cop right here on Bob FM. <laughs> we're going back to Nick Munt of the, the Bone Collector. Okay, so where, where you, when you were... Uh, guiding in Wyoming. That's where you started, right? You started guiding in Wyoming? Yes, sir. Okay. 
Were you single back then? It must be hard to be a young guy. I was. I yeah. was. I, I, I was single all my life until I was 45. I got married when I was 45. Good for you, man. I was I met my wife. She had just graduated from high school, and I <laughs> said, this is it. I got to do it. Yeah. So. It's perfect. Ah, yeah. so good. How old are you? I'm fi- I'll be 50 in February. Oh, we can't hang out anymore. <laughs> Once a woman is divorced four times, it's a lot easier to get used to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Is that right? You first time you got married at the age of 45? Yeah. You're yep. not ugly or anything. What happened? Ooh, screw. I, I guess I was just busy. I don't know. Good for you. You did the right thing. Good yeah. for you. You Good did for the you. right yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love advice from Strew. Uh, well, Strew, yeah, you yeah. got married at what? How come she has that funny look on her face? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because she can't believe you're 50. She's on her ninth, though, so I don't know. <laughs> I got married at 32. My pretty wife was 36. Wow. And I had three goals when I was growing up. Number one, I wanted to uh, wait till I was 30 years old to get married. Right. Number two, I wanted to be a best man in somebody's wedding. And number three, I wanted to be able to say I am, not that I work for. Right. And God, and it worked out. I'm, I'm, I, and so it, how many years was it after that that she had that um, macular... Degeneration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, she showed me her cane. Oh, I got a joke. Can I tell you a joke? Got a joke? I, Did I, she I, ever think she would marry a bodybuilder? She probably never <laughs> knew this. <she> is. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't tell you that joke. That's all right. But all right, more about Bone Collector. Were you guys scared? You guys started this thing together to start. What about the big 30, 35 inches? That's a big walleye. My dad. I've got a thirty-two inch walleye on my wall at home. And my dad caught it. When he died, somehow I got it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, he did. She had just turned 18. That's legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she was old, much older. Much older. <laughs> Way older. <laughs> when you and, and Michael Waddell started Bone Collector, that had to be a scary part of your life. Was that, I mean, were you... Butterflies, nerves, the, what, all those kind of things. It was, you know, he he's the he's the one that that started it. I mean, he put everything he had saved. I mean, he put his whole life savings into it. So, yeah, it was a big it was a big step for us, you know, leaving leaving Realtree, you know, something that was real secure for us, and starting out the new, you know, starting a new show and a new brand. It was it was something else, but it's uh, best decision for sure that that you know he ever made. So it's been really fun. Your wife is, uh, help me out again. Mallory. Hey, Mallory. How are you? Mallory, how are you? I'm guessing if you were married, if you were married at the age of, I don't care if you're 25, 35, 45, together you got to make that decision. It would be difficult to come together and say, listen, jump off the bridge without a parachute and build it on the way down and start doing what you're doing. Would you have been on board 25 years ago or 20 years ago? You would have done that, huh? Boy, that takes Good courage. Answer. Good answer. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. Go. Uh, yeah. she, lo- she loves it when I travel. <laughs> hey, before we go to break. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at those. Um, yeah, wanna... this, this, is, this is an amazing place to sit. There's, yeah. you know, right by the Coliseum. If you're, if you're around, if you're at the State Fair, come down across the street from the Coliseum and see us. All kinds of pretty horses and, and buggies going by. Go ahead, Sam. Sorry to interrupt. No, before we go to break, we've got a few minutes, right, Mark? Yeah. I want to hear the story of how you got the nickname Nick the Wheel. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So in, uh, all the guys at 7J Outfitters where I used to work, my nickname is, is, the, is Wheel. They just all call me Wheel. So I was guiding in Montana, 
And I had these two Italian guys from New York, kind of mafioso type dudes. Nice. And uh, in the morning, it was real cold, and, and we drove down into this, this really deep canyon. It was super muddy. And we hunted for several hours, and as the sun came up, it started to get really warm. Well, we had to drive up this really steep embankment to get out. And off the right side of the vehicle was literally about a 200-foot drop-off. And if you've ever been in Montana, the mud is like gumbo. It's super slick, and it's really dangerous stuff. And so we had to get up out of this deal. And so I was driving an old Nissan Pathfinder at the time. And I said, all right, guys, I mean, we got to get out of here, so we got to go. And so this little guy that was sitting next to me, his name was John Platty, little Italian guy from New York. So I said, all right, boys, hold on. And the guy that was in the back seat, his name was Big Phil, and he literally was the size of Sam, like 6'6", you know, 300-pound dude, like... Super good-looking. Yeah. So, right, exactly. Looked just like you, actually. So I said, okay, we're go- we got to go for this, guys. It's the only way out of here. And I gunned it, and I was flying up this road, mud flying everywhere, fishtailing. It was one of those deals where if I would have stopped, we would have slid off this ledge, and we literally all would have died. Yeah. And so this little guy next to me, he's screaming, Nicky the wheel! Come on, <laughs> Nicky the wheel! And so we were flying up, and... So he just started calling me Nicky the Wheel Coyote is what he was calling me. <laughs> and the whole, week, the whole week he called me Nicky the Wheel, and the next year they came, for, for several years they came back, and every time I'd call him, or every time he saw me, he'd call me Wheel, and I'd call him in the hotel room in the morning, and he'd answer the phone and go, hey, Wheel, and, and then we'd go out hunting. So it stuck, and all the guys there call me Wheel, so that's my nickname. Hey, we're going to be right back with uh, Nick Mumpa, Bone Collector, and anybody else who's at the State Fair, stop by, say hi, let's have some fun. And we've got to take a break, but Mark's got a, got a, a word from one a of couple, our sponsors, right? A couple live reads. boy. Show us your stuff, pal. Most of the time I take out my boat, I'm either with my kids or by myself, which makes trailering my boat a process. With Boat Load Mate, it's a lot easier. I just drive up my trailer, and it safely latches to the transom. To launch, I just back it into the water, and it floats over the latch. It's super easy to use and very simple to install. Only $129. It's totally worth it. Visit BoatLoadMate.com or find it on Amazon. If you're like me, you're fed up with the current state of our healthcare system. Video calls, masks still on for some reason, inattentive care. I found an alternative called Everest Men's Health. They're a complete healthcare center designed for men. In person, complete healthcare the way it's supposed to be, done by people that specialize in men's care and well-being. Call Everest Men's Health and tell them the four outdoorsmen sent you to get a testosterone check, body composition screen, and medical consultation for only $50. EverestMensHealth.com. Be right back. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com, and thanks. Balsam Beach Resort, the only resort on Lake Plantagenet, and that's five miles south of Bemidji. With 2,500 acres of pristine waters, you're going to find some of the best fishing northern Minnesota has to offer. Balsam Beach has been owned by Patty and Clint for nearly 30 years. 
so you know they treat their guests as family. There's something for everyone from swimming, biking, hiking, daily activities, even Friday night bonfires, or just relaxing in the sun. Let the simple pleasures of fresh air and sunsets do their magic at Balsam Beach Resort. Welcome back, Arrowhead Outdoors Bait and Tackle and Camping Store in Ely, Minnesota. Sure, you can buy your live bait at a local gas station, but it might be dead before you get to the lake. Or you can talk with Chris and Steve at Arrowhead. They work with local suppliers, and they have the freshest, liveliest minnows and leeches in the entire area. And that's for sure. But tell you while you're at it, bring your coffee cup and spend a few minutes getting all the advice you need to make your trip to Ely one of the fantastic memories of life. I've been patronizing these guys for many, many years. you got to find out why. Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota. Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? Power Lodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Let's have some fun. Hey, before we get to the last segment of the Four Outdoorsmen, got to say hi to Chad Hughes. Chad of, Hughes over there in Wings North booth. Wings he's, North. He's right across the street from us. There you go, buddy. He's a good Chad. friend of ours. I see him at all sorts of uh, different shooting events. He came and did a selfie. I saw it. All he's right. a big supporter of ours. They've got to have some good whitetail. After our show is done, go oh, check yeah. out Wings North across the street. You know they do. All right, we'd like to thank uh, our sponsors who help us do this show every week. Who are they? Clam Outdoors. St. Jensen of Clam Outdoors is going to join us live at the State Fair next weekend. We'd like to thank uh, Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota, the best bait shop around. We'd like to thank, uh, I already said Clam Outdoors. Devil's Lake, Devil's Lake, North Dakota Tourism. If you haven't been out to Devil's Lake to fish or hunt, you got to go out there. We're out there twice a year. Love it. Uh, Power, Power, Lodge. Power Lodge, Twin Cities, uh, right next to our station in Ramsey, Minnesota. The best place to get a boat. I'm going to put my boat to sleep there soon. So call them and Aww. see how much it costs to store it because that's what I do. A couple of questions for uh, Nick Munt, our guest from Bone Collector here, his buddy Michael Waddell, who is the big shot in Bone Collector. He said, okay, ask Nick why he's called a game hog. Why are you a game hog? <laughs> he's a game hog. Why? Probably because I love it more than everybody else. Is that That's right? Probably why. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with being greedy. It's just the love for the game, you know. So I if you're not, more than anybody, if you're so. walking down the field with someone else ready to shoot a pheasant or something, you're going to shoot first all the time. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pick the best stand. I get there early so I can get the best deer. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. He asked me also, Sam. You you had a you were a pretty good athlete when you were a kid, right? Right. All right. There was a guy named Adam LaRoche. The whole family were great, great baseball players. They all three guys, I think, three or four guys played pro ball. Yeah, yeah. And he said, ask him about how good he was at baseball. Then after that, t- tell him the security cameras were on at Adam LaRoche, LaRoche's place to show that when you were in the batting cage, you never hit one ball. So Adam LaRoche played in the majors for 10 or 12 yeah, years. Right. The White and, Sox, uh, right? He ended with the White Sox, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he invited Waddell and I to go over to his his camp in Kansas to hunt turkeys and nobody was there, it was just Waddell and I. And he built this he built this huge steel building and inside it's got a bar, it's got bedrooms. But the main the main meat and potatoes of the place 
is um, a basketball court, a volleyball court, and then he's got a batting cage. So it's an athlete's paradise. What do you think? So Waddell and I, we decided to fire up the, the, the pitching machine. So we get in the batting cage, I get a helmet on, and the, and the ball's coming at me literally like 45, 50 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the weakest pitch in the world, and yeah. I couldn't hit a one. Yeah. <laughs> Waddell was hitting them. I mean, he was, he was hitting them pretty good, but I could not hit squat. Can you picture but 100 miles an hour coming toward oh, you? I can't even imagine, but you'll have to ask Waddell the next time you talk to him. Ask him who dunked over him from the free throw line. I'm sure he didn't mention that, no, did he? No, he didn't mention that. <laughs> and one other last thing, then we'll get to your, your next hunts and those kind of things. There's a guy, who knows a guy, who Theo Vaughn is. You know who Theo Vaughn is? Yeah, Theo, yeah. This guy's nuts. He he's a nuts. He's a stand-up comedian. He's got a blog and, and podcast and those kind of things. Why did Theo Vaughn ask you to stop dancing at a party? Because <laughs> he didn't want me to show him up. <laughs> I had people lined up for autographs, and, you know, he's, He's used to getting all the autographs, so that's probably what, what it was. Well, let's talk about what we're going to do this fall, or you're going to do, I should say. Yep. I say we. We do. You by yourself? <laughs> yeah, Can yeah, I come? Right. Can I? I'll go to the batting cage. Right. Yeah. So what hunts? Uh, you just got back from Utah. Yep. Shot a nice muley. What's yep. uh, on the schedule coming up? So I've got um, a couple elk hunts in September. Um, I'm going to Oregon. A buddy of mine named Eric oh, Dunn has a really great ranch out there called Elk Song, and it's a, it's about a 10,000-acre ranch, um, just beautiful part of the country, a lot of animals. And then every year we do a trip with uh, the Navajo Nation, and we, we basically trade um, the Navajo. We, do, uh, we sponsor their youth hunt. So what we do is we take 20 kids that have never hunted before, most of them come from single-family homes or, you know, homes that, that aren't hunters. So we provide them with tents, sleeping bags, sportswear, camouflage, boots, binoculars, um, all the optics, you know. And, and so we take those kids out. It's a two-day event. And so then um, in turn for doing that, they give us a couple of elk tags and a couple of deer tags. And so I'll be going there for an elk hunt. We elk hunt at the beginning of the week, and then towards the end of the week, we do the, do the youth hunt. And it's a great event. All these people show up. Um, each kid has a mentor, and so they do a um, hunter safety course. They spend time out on the range. Uh, they spend a lot of time with their mentor getting to know the rifle, you know, learning how to be safe and all that kind of stuff. And so it's a really great event. And then beginning October, I'll go to Nebraska for some mule deer. Um, towards the end of, of October, um, I don't have my schedule completely done yet, but towards the end of October, possibly Oklahoma. Um, then I'll do uh, Kansas, hunt a little bit in Texas, um, hunt in Minnesota, of course, right around the house, and Wisconsin. And, um, and then usually in December, you know, we do a little bit of Texas. And, you know, some of the, some of the states that have good late season hunting a little bit further south. So a pretty full schedule. You know, I like to... I like to get in as much as I can, you know, being the game hog that I am and all. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, good for you. You know, it, it must, you, you have a great life. You're healthy. You've got a gorgeous wife. You know, and life is good. Did you you say a that again? You've got a great job. You're healthy. Yeah, you're healthy. Uh, but, and you, you've got a great job. But do you ever, honestly, God, lay in bed sometime and go to bed and think, and think how blessed you are? Like, oh. you've got the best of both worlds. And you worked your ass off to get there. Listen, You, man, you deserve it all. Every day, I am, I feel so blessed. I get, to, I get to spend a lot of time with the family um, in the off-season. You know, before COVID hit, every weekend I was on the, sh on the road doing a trade show. Uh, spe I speak at a lot of, of, of events like um, 
Whitetails Unlimited, um, conservation banquet type stuff, do appearances at retail shows, at reta uh, retail stores and trade shows. So since COVID hit, you know, all that stuff kind of really shut down. So it's been a kind of a nice two years of really having a lot of time off. And I just feel so blessed, number one, to get to do what I love and, and make a living at it. I mean, there's really nothing I'd rather do than hunt. And so, yeah, I'm just really, really blessed, man. No I love doubt. to talk about all your hunting successes, which is a lot of fun, of course, and I've seen a lot of your things. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard not to, when, when we see you guys on TV, it's hard not to sit there and watch the whole thing. You can get hooked. Yeah. I, I could be as big as Sam by next year with all the popcorn and beer I'm, I'm <laughs> eating and drinking watching you guys on TV. No offense. But there's got to be some, there's got to be a number of mistakes. There's got to be a few failures that you screwed up and say, man, how did that happen? Tell us, share, share a couple of stories in that respect. Well, I got, a, I got one from just this last week, to be honest with you. So, you know, when you go out west, um, when you're hunting out of a tree stand for, for whitetails, typically your shots are from 10 to 30 yards, right? So when you go out west, if you can shoot long range, if you can extend your range to 50, 60, 70, even 80 yards, you increase your chances by twice. You know, you're, you're looking at... A, a way higher opportunity of a shot if you can shoot 80 yards. You're talking 30-30 or, a, right, or 870 Remington, you're talking? <laughs> but bow hunt. Oh, bow hunting. Yeah. Oh, I, never mind. I'm out of that one. So all week when I was in Utah last week, in the middle of the day, it's one thing I do at every camp that I'm at. I go in the middle of the day and I shoot, 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 because on a five-day hunt, if you get one opportunity, it's no different than than uh, throwing a touchdown pass in the NFL, you only have one chance to get it done, and you've got to and you've got to connect. So I practice religiously. I'm out there every day practicing, and so out there, you know, like I said, if you can extend your extend your range to 70, 80 yards, so I'm out there shooting 70, 80. Um, at the end of the at the end of the session, I'm 85 yards, and I'm hitting the bullseye. Um, and so we go out to hunt. These deer have been coming down to this alfalfa field, and we put a plan together. There was an irrigation ditch that went around. Um, kind of the south end of the ear of the field. The wind is kind of out of the southwest. The deer are going to be coming out just to the west of us. So we set up a little blind in this irrigation ditch with, with brush and, and leaves and sagebrush. And we hear, we hear footsteps coming, and a nice buck comes out literally 20 yards from us. And so being as close as he was, I let him kind of, when they come off the edge of the mountain, they trot out into the field. So he gets out there, and he stops at 40 yards, and he's looking out, and it's a beautiful backdrop, all these red rocks. I mean, seriously beautiful. And it's this big old buck, and he's standing there. And so I hit him with my range finder. Um, he's 40 yards, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And literally, looks like he's 20 because it's a big animal. So I'm thinking, oh, this is too he's easy. Dead. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. So I draw my bow back, and I'm shooting a four-pin um, HHA sight, which made in Wisconsin. I'm shooting a four-pin sight. That's adjustable. So I got 20, 30, 40, 50. And then if it bucks at 60, 70, 80, then I roll my sight and I use my bottom pin as my floater. So now I'm, I can move it. So he's at 40. So I don't, I'm thinking I don't have to move my sight. All I do is put my 40-yard pin on him, make a nice shot, and I got this thing. Well, How long did that take you to do? I mean, that takes me like three seconds. Okay, to only three or four out. seconds. Oh, yeah, you know, I've got it down. So. I hit him with my rangefinder. He's 40 yards. I put my release on. I draw my bow, settle my pin, and I'm thinking, this thing's so dead. I release my arrow, and as soon as it leaves my bow, before it even gets close to him, 
I know something's wrong. It literally shoots 10 yards over his back. I forgot to roll my sight. I keep my sight at 50 because my bottom pin's on 50. I forgot to roll my sight from 85 back to 50. So oh. when I shoot him, my pin's on 85 yards. Oh, and I yeah. shot like 10 yards over his back. And I mean, off into, it's probably still going up into Canada, you know. Was the one you ended up shooting bigger or smaller? Way bigger. So it was like a blessing. It was almost like okay, God, good. you know. Said, yeah, this isn't the one you want. Will yeah. that will it that make the good. show, or does that <laughs> yeah. does that hit the 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 film floor? Oh no no no! Well, we show it all. It. You know, we Cohen's sh- got yeah. it. Our producer Cohen Stone, me and him are at each other all the time, so he's definitely going to show it, definitely. <laughs> but it's just one of those things that happens, you know, from time to time. You know, it it things go awry. So. Have you ever been afraid in the outdoors? You know, really, the only time I've ever been afraid is we were in Africa. Waddell and I were in Africa. And so uh, a buddy of mine, we were actually hunting elephant. And so this guy, his name Life's Rob- a bitch and then you die. <laughs> yeah. his, his, uh, this guy's a legendary outfitter over there. His name's Ronnie Blackbeard. He's old. I mean, like super old, like 71, 72, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, yeah, he's funny, so man. As we're, as, as literally, so we're in Botswana. And we're on the north side of the Chobe National Wildlife uh, Reserve. And it's overrun with elephants. This area, they say, can literally hold about 75,000 elephants. And there's literally about 250 to 300,000 elephants in this area. They've, they've, they've taken it in from what was once savanna, and they've, and they've made it into, like, heavy, thick brush because they come from different places. They poop. The seeds from different areas make this brush grow. Anyway, so... Ronnie Blackbeard tells us, the, the guy, the old guide, he says, listen, <laughs> if the elephants come after us, stand your ground. Do not run. Because if you stand your ground, they're afraid and they won't blah, blah, blah. Well, that's hard to do, isn't it? So Waddell and I, Waddell's carrying a 416 Thompson Center. When we got to camp, we shot it a few times. It was shooting. And so as we were stalking this huge elephant bull, and it goes into the brush, and, and the brush is just over the elephant's back, and so they can disappear in it. It's hard to imagine that an elephant can disappear, but they disappear into the brush. So we're walking up on this elephant that had just disappeared into the brush. And so Ronnie Blackbeard and our, and our buddy Aaron, who is actually the one going to be shooting the elephant, they kind of go around to the right, and we lose sight of them. So myself, Waddell, our producer, Steve Finch, and they always send, like, a game tracker with you, somebody that works for the government. They have these green outfits on, and so they're out there just keeping an eye on everything. And it's this little... African lady, and she's literally about five feet tall, 90-pound little lady, and she's the one kind of following us around. So as we're sitting there, we kind of walk up on the brush, and all of a sudden... <laughs> what happened? Elephant just comes charging. Hang on a second. Do that again. That's worth doing again. There you go. <laughs> so Waddell raises the gun, and he goes to cock the hammer on this single-shot Thompson Center, and the, and the hammer's broken. Oh. And so I'm right over his shoulder with the camera, and I'm looking at him. He looks at me. We take off running. <laughs> and Steve Finch, Steve Finch is, a, is a big guy. He's probably like 6'4", probably weighs like 230. I mean, he's a big dude. He's our camera guy. He turns to run, and, I mean, he just mows over this little <laughs> game tracker lady. And we left them in the dust, and we were out of there. But this, this elephant came charging out of the brush. And, I mean, they're known to, like, grab you with their... With their trunk yeah. and, and impale you on the tusk. So, like, we were gone, and yikes. I've, I, you know, you always hear the tale that 
you know, whoever's the slowest person in a bear attack or right. elephant, or whatever, they're the ones going to get <laughs> right. charged. So I definitely wasn't going to be the slowest. So one you guys ever. hunted an elephant. You were filming. Yeah, yep, we filmed it. It's on and a it, it's with on a, a weapon that had one shell. Yep, and and What's... we were we just brought it as backup, and obviously the recoil from the gun broke it, and we we didn't get to use it. We didn't, you know, but it was it was a scary moment. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's uh, Nick Monty's for Bone Collector. What, what, how do people see you on TV and your whatever? whatever well, you is. can catch our, our show Sunday nights at 9.30 uh, Central is our main showing. Or, or 8.30 Central, I'm sorry. Um, you, can, you can check out all my social medias. Uh, Nick Munt on Instagram. Nick Munt on Facebook. Nick Munt on Twitter. Um, Bone Collector. Official Bone Collector on Instagram. And... Uh, if you have the Outdoor Channel T- TV app, which is right. called My Outdoor TV, right. you can watch all of our past episodes on the My Outdoor TV app. So, and yeah, I'm, you can check I'm, us out there. I'm guessing, after speaking with you and Michael Waddell a number of times now, that we're not only going to be entertained by what these guys do as far as hunting, but we're going to laugh at the same time, right? Oh, man, it's, just, it's a fun show. It's fun. Yeah. Even if you're not into hunting, a lot of people just enjoy it because it's slapstick. Straight off the cuff stuff, so it's fun. You're a good man. Nick Munt, Bone Collector. Thanks to Mick, Nick Munt for being on the show, everybody. Hey, I'll tell you what, everybody, thanks for stopping by and listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. We're on every Sunday on mybobcountry.com. Around the Twin Cities, we're on uh, 106.1. And we're all over, we go, reach all the way from Alexandria to Rochester. So it's a lot of fun. Four outdoorsmen, join us if you could. It's true. Let's think. What, 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 what do you want? Before we go, Nick's got to do something for his wife. Yeah, we have a we have a store that's right on 95. You know, going up the river. It's called the Bluebell Mercantile. We're open. Um, if you look at our Facebook page, the Bluebell Mercantile, we're open. Um, we're we're an occasional shop, so like every other weekend, we're open. Um, we sell gifts, um, antiques, all kinds of stuff. It's a really cool store. My wife's the curator and the manager and the boss. Um, Is that so, on, so on, give it a look. On 95 south of, of Highway 8? Yeah, north of Stillwater. Yeah. Between Stillwater and Scandia, just north of Marine on St. Croix. Cool. Yep, it's an old schoolhouse. It's white with a blue roof. It's a blue bell market. And if house. I stop by, I'm going to the Chatech, Wisconsin tomorrow, so if I stop by on the way there, you're not going to be there. No, it's thurs- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, typically. I'm bro. still going by it. <laughs> Hey, take care, everybody. Thanks. Uh, what's happening next? Anything special? Uh, Royal Talk Outdoors is on next. Stay tuned. And next week, we have Christina Ringgold of Legendary Long Tails PF Chapter, an all-women's group uh, for Pheasants Forever, and Thane Jensen from Clam Outdoors. I'll tell you what. Again, thanks, everybody, and uh, have a great week. Have fun. Be safe. My buddy Mark's got some advice for you. Get outside and make some memories. And remember, it's the five horsemen. Oh, no. Five outdoorsmen. <laughs> <laughs>